Oh. All right, we are officially live everywhere at this very moment. We are on Sing My Song. I wish my guests could hear this music, but they can't, so they just have to look at me dance. We're officially on YouTube. We're officially on Facebook. My boo. Uh-oh, my wife is calling me. I'm sorry, honey. I'm going to have to call you back. Ooh, I don't tell her I'm streaming live. She going to see that and get me. But I just put my wife on this mess. <laughs> All right, so we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. My wife is calling me back. I might have to, hey, I might have to take a call with my wife live. This is going to be embarrassing because she's probably going to test me out. Um, we're also on Locals. This is a really fun new spot. I like Locals. Do you know that I'm on Locals under Knox Unleash? Go check it out. There's already like five people who are supporting me on Locals. I had no idea that you could get money off of Locals. Locals is easy. I love it. What's up, Sean? Playing dragons and finding treasure. Oh, I see you, Sean. I like that. I know what you're doing. All right. So if you are inside of the spaces, which we are live there right now, too, if you want to speak, I'm going to give you access uh, to speak like I'm giving patriarchy Hannah the chance to speak and add her as a speaker because she shared the show. So you have to share the show if you want to speak on spaces. So today we have... Work Wednesdays. You know how the week goes? For those of you who don't know, this is how the week goes. We have Marvelous Mondays. And on Marvelous Mondays, what I do is I'm talking about how God is undoing the wicked. Even though they're planning traps and planning to take over the world, their very traps that they plan will be our victory because that's how God has made the world. The world destruction, a particular type of way. And that way is as the wicked plot and plan, they won't be successful as we are stay faithful, we'll win. Can I get an amen? Uh, and so that's Mondays. Marvelous Mondays is the undoing of the wicked. Tuesdays is T3. T3 is Tech Theonomy Tuesdays, where we know that we serve the Lord of the world. So whatever tech is made is going to bend the knee to Jesus. We need to learn how to use it properly and not to be afraid of it. All my people who run away from TikTok. Wednesdays, which is the day today, we're talking about work because people have misplaced the concept and idea of work. They think that work is really just something that you do to pay your bills when it's a lot more than that. Work is about being an image bearer. God made you and he made you to be like him, to bear his image. And work is one of the things that God does. And so you are to act like God and to work. And God, I was just thinking about this today. God has done something where all the work for the most part is kind of done. What we are in the process of is our work is discovery. Our work is what has God done in his working. And so when we work, all we really are doing are discovering the kind of things that God has done in this world. So if you're on Facebook, if you're on social media platforms, locals, y'all share this. Hit the share button so everybody can jump in this conversation because I have some really, really great guests in the room. We just bumped into each other. We're at the G3 conference. And boy, let me tell you, God is sanctifying me. They had a a pre-conference on social on, on the gospel in the state and and i didn't scream at the conference um not one time and uh you know i wasn't asked to speak on the topic i'm not saying that i wanted to be and and my goal right now is to try the whole show that we talk about work not to even bring it up okay so y'all hold me to this all right <laughs> i'm gonna try my best not to even bring up one of the topics <laughs> And criticize it. I just wanted to let it be what it is. 
it, they did it. Praise God. A lot of people were blessed by it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about what my show's about, which is about work. And I was at the G3 conference at the end, and I bumped into an old friend who's been a friend probably since my days at Wretched, right? Yeah. I think it's... Uh, we go back to Wretched, yeah. Yeah, all the way back to Wretched. And so um, when I started doing uh, Cross Politic... All my all my audio changed. I don't know why it's so weird. Okay, we'll fix we'll figure that. When I started doing cross politics, I said, "Hey, I have this show, um, and I would love for you to check it out and tell me what you think about it." And you said, "Sure." And you allowed us to become a show on NRB Network. Yeah, a great show on NRB Network. By the way, we just love the work you guys do. That's you're just too kind. Um, I might switch up my whole audio setup here, so. I don't know. I don't like how it's sounding. Swear. I'm in a hotel room, everybody. And if you can't tell, I don't have my typical studio. But I ran into you, and I ran into your daughter. She's with you, Troy Miller and Bethany Miller from NRB. You, Troy, you're the what, president? President and CEO. So you do two things. You do two things. You didn't have enough money for a CEO? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Couldn't, right. couldn't afford. I, had to put it all in one hand. <laughs> so bethany and troy miller and, and bethany what do you do at nrb i'm the communication specialist your mic is nice and hot too all right okay I'll, I'll work on it okay i like that communication what does a communication specialist do so i'm a little bit in the two worlds communications and marketing so i'm doing digital media and social media as well as some articles on our website okay all right and how did you get your job oh boy oh, <laughs> oh boy Oh boy. It really wasn't me. He started as an intern, a summer intern for NRB TV to help NRB TV get going on social media. And she did so good at that. The NRB people kind of pulled her into that world for the NRB convention. And then she just kind of ended up there. Okay. All right. So she actually earned her stripes. This isn't like, oh, family came in here and gave her her. <laughs> it's not one of those kind of moments. No. Okay. I'm just making sure that we're being fair because you're a Christian. So you should be fair. So it's just making sure that was the case. All right. So here's what I want to talk about. Um, right now, how long have you been in? Let's just start here. How long have you been in the industry, Troy? So in, 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 I've been in the, in the Christian media industry for about 25 years now. So so doing things in the in the media go back all the way to my early days with D. James Kennedy. And just a little bit before that, even with my church, I've been in the technology sector for over 30 years now, actually about 35 uh, years plus in the technology sector. So my background is technology um, on the business side, working in the computer industry and, and then in Christian media now for, like I said, almost 25 years. 25 years. And so what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen over the last 25 years inside of this industry? Oh, wow. That's a good place to start. <laughs> Everything yeah. was, has been the biggest change. I mean, the fact that we're here broadcasting right now, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there was, you know, radio's been able to do remote for a long time, but they, you know, it took a lot of equipment, cost tens of thousands of dollars and, and stuff to do that. And then, and, and, and I think the biggest change we've seen over the last two decades is this kind of price point entry to get into do media. You know, when we first set up, I, I set my first production studio up uh, when I was with Gateway Computers. We did some in-house um, productions for advertising and stuff like that. That cost over a half of a million dollars. It was $500,000. And it's just a little 10 by 10 insert studio, right? 
you can do that today for under $2,000 easily. Oh. High quality 4K, the whole works. That's, I think, one of the biggest changes. I'm surprised you didn't say talent. Talent? I don't know that talent has changed as much as, if you think about it, the price point change has allowed more talent to get into the industry. So, so there are more people in communications and in media today than there were 25 years ago because it's easier to do. So do you think, um, so I look at a guy like Todd Frio, who I learned underneath, my mentor, and I look at him, I'm like, man, that's the standard. And, and Todd has been in this game for a very long time, but, uh, and a lot of, even though we've had more people come in, has media gotten better in that since that 25 years? So we, we know we have technology changes, right? Like technology changes are coming through and the technology has gotten better. But do you think the talent as it relates to media has gotten better? So it, it, here's an interesting thing, the dynamic that's changed as well. You know, when, when you were in media 25 years ago or so, quality of media was super, super important, right? That was the top line. You wanted the best camera, best camera shots, best audio, things you do. YouTube changed all that. YouTube came in, you have people shooting on shoddy cameras and then on, on consumer wear and telephones and everything and, and, and cell phones and people. And that changed. That changed the quality of the content. All of a sudden, people were able to accept lesser quality of content uh, of, of the production for the content. Okay, the content kind of overrode the quality. Now, you still have to have good quality in certain areas. But, yeah, I think it has changed the talent dynamic uh, a lot. You have people that wouldn't have made it in the mainstream media 20 years ago are really good today in media because um, their quality isn't good, but their content's good. Mm. Does that make a lot of sense to you? So, yeah, so like right, somebody right now who's listening to us in this room <laughs> is tolerating us because the conversation is good, right? Over against, we might not sound right, the best. Exactly, exactly. Right. you ain't sound the best. We're not the best lighting. This and the best cameras. Right, right. So then, um, so then, do, are, do you? Would you recommend? Because this is a. I want to go back and talk more about some of the transitions from wh where you were into where you are now. But I really want to talk. I'm, I spend a lot of my time trying to encourage people to make content. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Absolutely. You want to scoot over here? So yeah, I'm not coming. You, you're fine. You're fine. I was oh, her. Be Bring yeah, Bethany her. over. Because I'm like blocking all of Bethany. And I'm like, that's it's probably not a good idea since you're a guest. Oh, you can just. Oh, up and over. We're just making it. Okay. There you go. Yay. There you go. All right. So I'm going to look at. Guys, we are not just on spaces. We're actually on video. So those of you who can't see that, I'm sorry. Um. You know, I encourage people that right now I had gotten so annoyed with um, Christians sharing very non-Christian things. And what I mean by that is, you know, you you turn on your Twitter spaces, you turn on X, whatever, and there's a lot of homosexual, transgendered, uh, cross-dressing, um, very ugly things on social media. And I'm sure you know this because you're on social media all the time. And I and Christians share it. It's not like we don't need to know about it, but it become we make it popular so quickly because we share it so much. And I'm trying to encourage people to say, hey, why don't you go make and do something that's beautiful? And let's share that because people aren't going to come towards us because we make a good argument against transgenderism. People are come towards us because we make a good argument for this is what a family looks like. This right. is what a culture looks like. This is beautiful. Come taste and see, right? And so as you, you've been in the media, you've seen people who work on their craft, developing their craft to be a talent 
talk radio, um, host of a TV show. I'm recommending people grab a microphone, start being bad on social media, YouTube, Instagram, until they get better so that we can have more content creation. Is there a problem with con- with more content creation saturated uh, inside the industry right now? I don't know that there's a problem with more content creation. The, the problem, I think, is is too many people take a little bit of a lackadaisical view to it. So what do you mean by that? You know, so uh, while I encourage people to get on and do, do more content and start content, but also do your homework. Okay. Mm. Do, do your homework a little bit, you know, make sure you're prepared for your show. You, you know, don't just grab them somewhere in a conference yeah, and bring them into your hotel don't, room. Don't do, no, right. <laughs> just drag somebody off the street. No, I mean, think about it. Yeah, I mean, we've done this for a long time, so it's right. easy, easy for you and I to get here and have a conversation about this. But if you're just starting in media and you want to start talking about a topic, probably should know about the topic you're going to talk about mm. and not, and not just your opinions on the topic. Now you can do your opinions and just say that this is my opinion, but too many people are just getting out there and they're acting like they're professionals. They really haven't done their homework to get into that. So, so get, do your homework a little bit. You know, it's, it is work, you know, roll your sleeves up and do a good job at it, but also know that you're going to get better. I tell people all the time, this is a secular kind of look at it, but go out and on YouTube and and go and, and look at the first year of Oprah Winfrey. Oh, that's good. It's horrible. Like you look at it and go, oh, this is terrible. That's then go good. then go look at her five years later, go look at her 10 years later, or even three years later. I mean, we bring new programs on NRB TV all the time. People that have come from you know podcasting or video blogging, and their program looks entirely different three years later. Mm. I, I can go back and look at some of the early programs of Todd's and then look at Todd a decade later. He's so much more polished, so much that the set looks better. Everything about I'm not it there, grows. So it's just a lot better that I'm not there because yeah. I see what you're doing there. I see just because since I worked for Todd and I was a part of the first sets and stuff, you're like, yeah, it's so much better than Knox is gone. Bethany, anywhere you want to jump in here, feel free to jump in. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of focusing on your dad, but more than welcome because you're working on social media. You know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how you guys are using NRB. Um, um, you know, how you guys are using social media in RB, you know? Yeah. So we as an association are made up of members. And so we are putting out what our members are doing, but also, you know, what we're doing on the Hill. Um, and he can speak more to that. The um, Hill. Let's yeah. talk about the Hill. Tell me about it. Okay. Go ahead. So that, I will talk about the Hill in a second. That's Capitol Hill. Okay. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I see how you guys have shorts for it. The Hill. The Hill. Um, yeah. So we'll jump back in on that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're keeping it simple but it's still high quality. You know, something a lot of our members are saying, we are called to a higher standard and excellence in all things. And so, you know, we're looking at making graphics um, for our articles, but also um, just getting content out there um, and highlighting what our members are doing, but also what we are doing, which you can jump in more on. So how do you grow your, your social media channel? How are you growing it? How do you mean? So, I mean, do you guys naturally have an organic audience that just floods to you or you're on social media to get reach, right? So how do you get it to, how do you get more people gathered to your channel? You know, we talk about so the association itself um, is kind of a, a, a ministry to churches, parachurch ministries, everybody who's in Christian media. So if you're in Christian media, oh, like wow. you guys are, that's okay. who that's who our audience is. And so a lot of ours is viral within the industry, within people there. So if we're talking to folks about the best way to podcast or the best way to new technology that's coming in video or changes that are coming in video audio distribution, then the industry's kind of, you know, starts talking about us and that draws people in. So 
our best way to pull in more people on social is making sure we're up to date and key on all the topics that happen in media and both sides of media, the, the side of the technology side of media and the application side of media as well. So there's that, there's those two sides of it. There's the backroom stuff, as I call it. And then there's the other side of it. Cause we have a lot of opposition today to Christian media as yeah. well. So you're actually out there fighting for everybody. So basically you're fighting for a free speech ultimately. Yeah, we're, we're fighting that our folks and your folks, anybody that's in Christian media, that they can have access to the marketplace of ideas. They can have access to that community megaphone that everybody else does. So, so that's what you do on the Hill. So this is, I, I, was, I was joking about this. I forgot you, we had breakfast one time. You told me about this. I do remember, I was just, I forgot. I did forget, so forgive me. But th- you said when I, we were talking earlier that you, you do this the other 300 some odd days of the year. So what, do you, what does that look like to fight on a daily basis at the Hill? Well, look, there's always somebody bringing up some new legislation up there. Like, like what? You have something? Yeah. So recently, California, for example, okay, state of California recently enacted a law where they they want to go in. So if you're if if you're a social what they call a social media company, which means you have you have a platform in your e- ecosystem that allows people to set up their own individual accounts and then allows those accounts to communicate to each other. California says, we're going to come in and monitor the content in those communications. We're going to step in and be the arbiter. We're going to be the overseer of those. Yeah. And so we recently with the Babylon Bee folks and some other folks stepped in and said, no, California, we don't think that's right. That's, that's unconstitutional. You're stepping onto free speech here. You can't get into free speech discussions on platforms. We are our folks. And then Bethany took the bill and a picture of you and watching you rip it up. And she posted that to social media. Yeah. Yeah, we started. We lit it on fire. That way I'm not cutting you off. All right. I don't want to cut you off. Um, okay. So so you got together with other, so a large group like Babylon B. Now, why? So why Babylon B? Because they have that kind of platform. You know, they. they oh, so they, this isn't just like any social media. This is no. not like Facebook or Twitter. No. You're talking about like anybody. Anybody that has that kind of platform. So like us. Yeah. Well, if you've got a platform out there where you're allowing your people to talk to one another and talk about issues, then, you know, the way that law is interpreted, it looks like California wants to be a part of that oversight. Oh, that's interesting. And you you know, there's things you can't talk about on social media today without getting. I know. When when is NRB going to create their own kind of social media platform? Come oh, on, man. Oh, oh. Bethany, hold on, hold on. When is this going to happen? Yeah, when is this going to happen? Yeah. Oh, 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 we've been talking oh, about this. Okay. All right. So I see you don't, you're not excited about that. You, you know, look, I'm a technology guy in the technology background. You know, there's been a lot of guys out there that have tried to create these alternate platforms. None of them really taken off. I think the real issue, that, and that to me, that's kind of giving up on the on the problem anyway, um, because okay. the, the, oh, all, all you all you've really created is some echo boxes out there where you want to be in the public square. We don't want to be in an echo box. We want to be in the public square. We want to be where the public is talking. And so our real push is to hit the major social platforms and and say, look, what you're what you're doing is is wrong in this country because we have a thing called free speech. If anybody wants to come in here and ask Mr. Miller, Mr. Troy Miller, president and CEO of NRB, any questions, toss your hand up inside of the spaces um, or throw your comment inside of your comment thread on whatever social media platform you are on. And I will go ahead and bring you in. Okay. 
I want to when when we started when I started working for Wretched, uh, I was a producer there for Ty, just on the radio side, and I learned a lot. You ever heard of Valerie Geller? Okay, she was a producer for Rush Limbaugh and her book How to uh, Beyond Powerful Radio. Really great book. Anybody who works in media needs to get it because she is phenomenal. Um, and helps you develop what a good show is like. But I love to know from you, like when you see a show that comes your way or people who are starting their own show, you said earlier they need to learn and do their homework. But homework on the topic is one thing. Developing a show that's entertaining and engaging yeah. is another. And you get shows that come around you. And Bethany, I would love to get your input on this too because you're going through social media. Do you ever bring a show and say, Dad, you got to check this one out. This is a good show, right? But um, I'll start with you first. So let Bethany get her, her thoughts together. And then what is it that, how can people, what is good, what is a good show? And then how can people learn to develop it? Yeah. So a couple of things I think make a good show. First of all, it, it, you've got to be engaging. Okay. If a handsome it, black it, guy it, with a beard. Yeah, a absolutely. Show. You yeah. know, something off the, you got to be engaging. You really have to do that. And, you, and be yourself. Too many people try to be somebody else. Be yourself on your show. Now, if yourself happens to be an introverted, quiet, kind of boring person, maybe that's not for you. But, <laughs> but look, if you're okay and you can relax and you can talk to people, be yourself. And then don't also, the, same, the other thing we see people make mistake. I say do your homework and everything so you know the topic, but don't just be this technical kind of person that talks about the issue. Be fun. Have fun. We're supposed to have fun. You know, I like how you started this and said, you know, God called us in, in this world. He's really created everything. He called us to be two things. One, we're stewards of what he's all created. Amen. And then two, we get to discover what we don't know yet about his creation. Mm. And so those two things are exciting when you think about it. I mean, look at where we're at today. All the technology stuff. We haven't developed anything new. We've just discovered things that are right. out there that we figure out how to then to apply and use and, and that, and that's exciting. And, and so we should be excited about what God's called us to do, especially as Christians, we should be the most excited people out there, you know, talking about whatever topic God's put on our heart, whatever he's called us to do. We should be you know, look at me. I get, I just get all fired up it. about this because, so because that's who we should really be. I mean, we are, we work for the King of Kings. Come on. Now. Come on. I'm about to play organs. Y'all couldn't hear. I'm about to, yeah, yeah. Play that organ. Play that organ. Leave, leave, leave Bethany something to say. Bethany, your thoughts on kind of. Yeah. Um, let me turn your mic on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just bouncing off what he's been saying. This. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But we're craving authenticity. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to speak because I'm, I'm Gen Z. Um, you know, what I'm seeing on Instagram and TikTok and other social media platforms just for my personal scrolling is just pretty pictures, you know, and, you know, we want, we want Christians to be out on the media being authentic, authentic to yeah. the Christian message. Um, but also, yes, being fun. What, what would you like to see? You, you know, you're somebody who works in media. What would you like to see? What kind of shows would you like? I guess both of you, what kind of shows would you like to see people make that they're not making right now that, you know, maybe they're not good for NRB, but they're good to, to live on these other platforms. I guess there's two questions there. What kind of shows do you want to come to NRB that nobody's making, right? If somebody was making the show and you're like, okay, work on this because we don't have this space filled yet. And then what is it that you want to see more of on those platforms? So Bethany, when you're scrolling, you're going through your social media, TikTok, whatever. You're like, man, it'd be really good if this kind of thing exists, especially as a person who works in media. Yeah, as a person who works in media, Gen Z, but also a firm believer in scripture, I'm not seeing anybody posting about the whole counsel of God 
we're not seeing anybody out there with rich theology. Um, that's what I want to see, especially from. Obviously, you don't listen to cross politics. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. But um, people in their 20s who are content creators who claim to be Christian um, would love to throw names out there, but I'm not. Um, Go ahead. You can name them. Especially especially women as a young woman myself and just young adults in general. We are tired of the watered down, watered down scripture, gospels, um, things like that. Mm. We want something good. Um, We're tired of seeing the same things, the feel good, secret friendly type of content. That's what I would like to see. And those are winning the day too, aren't they? They are. They um, are. There's a lot of that out there. It's like, what? How do you, you know, don't protect your space. Yes. God gave you a space to be protected. And I just vomit in my mouth every oh. time I hear something yes. like that. Um, anything else? So I, I get that. I get the theology, rich stuff. What about entertainment? I feel like Christians have left entertainment uh, completely. Well, you know, so I, I was going to say that. I think there's two things that I think that Christians have left. I think every time Christians think we have to produce programming, we think we have to produce. And I love the theology rich stuff. You know me. I'm just I love <laughs> all that. that okay. generation too, right. Yeah. Right. But but also I think Christians have to realize that there's a lot of other spaces we can take. There's entertainment. There's comedy. We've almost on NRB TV. We've almost left children's programming behind. Oh my goodness! It's 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 like trying oh. to find children's programming today that's innovative and not always a Bible lesson. You know, just good quality educational programming. It's like it's like oh, we're going to teach Bible here, but we're going to leave all the other education over to the secular side. Where, where did when did that happen? You know, it's funny you say that. We had a lot of Christian. Uh, programming for kids when I was little mm-hmm. and it wasn't, didn't seem like it was hard to find. Matter of fact, I think we just had good Christian comedy or just good comedy stuff. Now I think I was going to ask you that. So I think about growing up, um, there has been a separation now between just content. When I was growing up, I had Tom and Jerry. We had, man, I feel old. Oh man. We had um, DuckTales. We had Tailspin. We had, um, uh, we had, Darkwing Duck, let's get dangerous. You know, like we had a, all kinds of great shows and they didn't have to be Christian. Oh, um, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rate. You don't know nothing about that, do you? No. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I got Tom and Jerry. <laughs> old. Hey, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm at Bull Bull Ink and Rocky and I'm way back to... To, to to Bugs Bunny and those okay. guys, but I'm even okay. So uh, I just felt really old. So we had those, and we didn't feel like we had to have Christian shows to alternate that. But something has happened in media where that's split now, and we can't even. Um, Bluey might be the only. Do you know what Bluey is? You super Christian. Oh, you kept her guarded, didn't you? Your dad's <laughs> like, yes. B- Bluey's a cartoon that was created in Australia because they saw that husbands and fathers were treating uh, were treating their kids horribly and treating their wives bad. And so they created the show called Bluey by the Australian government to say, we got to help fathers learn to disciple, or at least raise their kids better. This is why I don't think we understand how important content creation is. Right. When the Australian government says we have a man problem and they say, well, how do we fix it? Now, listen, I'm all about biblical doctrine. I'm all about, and this is not a poke at you. So don't hit me no. with the mic. Um, <laughs> uh, but they didn't say, Hey, we need, they already know that these are men. They know that what they're supposed to be doing. What they said was how do we help recreate their imagination? Yeah. And they created this show called Bluey where the dad is like, 
Mr. Huxtable. You want to be this guy. He has so much fun with his children. He's spending time with them. He still does his work. He does all the things, but he's a great dad. And when you watch it, you're like, man, I want to be a great dad. Now, this is now if there ever was a place to say, well, that cartoon, it's nationalism. That's what that cartoon is. I'm not talking about the event. I'm not talking about the event. I did not talk about the G3 gospel in the state. I'm just talking about Bluey. All right. Bluey can't be more nationalistic because what they're trying to do is help shape the citizens of their environment towards a better end. They know they need strong families. When we think about making strong families, we don't think like that. You know, you, you know, and so content is go ahead, jump in. Don't interrupt yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, we don't think like that. We don't we we we've lost that kind of idea that the role models, you know, we need good strong role models in, in media. Mm. We, we we don't have that. Secular side doesn't have secular is tearing role models down. They they want to they want to tear role models apart as much as possible. And so the one things we, we need to figure out to do how to be more innovative to bring those role models in, you know, how, how do you have those strong, uh, uh, especially because people don't see it modeled today. Uh, you, you know, look at all the problems in the communities with families and fatherhoods and single parenting and that's, that's going on. And, and where mm. are they going to find a role model that's not just always preaching at them, but just a role model what of everyday like? life? Yeah. yeah. So um, this question might get you in trouble and feel free to ignore it. But then I'll just ask your daughter. Um, I want to talk a little bit about work and employees. <laughs> um, I'm getting so much trouble for this. You know, one of the things that I think is a huge testimony. Um, I always wanted to write a book. What your boss wish you knew. Yeah, you that'd know? be a great book. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll write it with you. Can we can we talk about it? Can we just keep it? So this is Knox Unleash. So you you, you can just say it was Knox made me do it. But I I think there is a huge when Paul goes through and he's laying out for Timothy what he needs to do and set up elders, he lays out a structure for the family too, right? Um, and in, in Ephesians the same way, husbands love your wives, Christ loved the church. Wives submit yourselves to your husband. Children obey your parents. Slaves. Do work well for your masters, right? Masters, remember, you also have a master over you, right? So he lays out the complete hierarchical structure, but we have a real problem with that master-slave relationship. And part of our problem in that is that we feel like we don't, there's, for whatever reason, culturally, we feel like we our, our bosses are somehow always getting over on us in some way. And so um, and even in Christendom, it seems like it's hard to get people with a Calvinistic, Christian work ethic. And you might not be able to, you might not call it that because I don't even know what, 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 where you sit up on that, but I'm a Calvinist. So I'm gonna call it Calvinist. You can call it whatever you like. What, how do you, um, you might want to ask this question before I get it out, but how do you in, encourage, or what are you seeing in the work market that would be, that we need to let go of? And what do you wish that people had more of? Is that, is that a safe way to, to cause I, I don't want to get you in trouble. So I'm trying not to, but maybe you want to be in trouble. So go ahead and do you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get in trouble pretty easy. So, so, you, you know, I think there's a couple of things there. Let, let me back it up a little bit Please. again, because I think we've lost something in, in modern culture and, and we do pick on sometimes the, the millennials and the Gen Zers and some of the others, but I think even we can even step back. I'm X Gen, so you know, and, and we can step back and look at there was a there's been a slow shift 
maybe it's the industrial age shift in, in the way we look at work. You know, I, I, I had the privilege of working for and under Dr. D. James Kennedy, you know, so he's, here's one of the leading. You dropped that. Uh-huh. You dropped that name. Yeah, I did. You want to pick I it up? It. No, you dropped uh, it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to keep it. There. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and, you know, he, he always talked about one time when he was in seminary and he said he, he was in seminary and the seminary professors talking about, you know, <clears throat> you know, the Sabbath, right? Yeah. And, and so, so one of the students said, said to him, you know, he, he said, he said, and he was talking about breaking the, the, the 10 commandments. And the student said, so, well, I've never broken that. I've, I've honored the Sabbath the whole, whole day. Of my, I've never broken that commandment. People don't realize that commandment says six days thou shalt work. Oh, that's good. I know. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. Six days thou oh, shalt man. work. That's funny. And, and he said, the, the seminary professor went on to lecture, you know, you, you lazy, no good. <laughs> when you sit around and, and just entertain yourself, you know, you are not honoring what God said about work. And so we've lost that idea that work is, is honoring God, not just the Sabbath. Work is honoring God. Mm. And, and we moved into this, this kind of period today where we look at, look at we, we, it, the big talk today that I hear, four-day work week. Four day, yeah. Let's go to a four day work week. We need a four day work week, 12 hour days, right? No, we need four day work week. We need, we need to get down to 32 hours working, not 40. And they still want to make the same kind of money, yeah. So we can have we because we huh. need more time off. We're working, we're too stressed out, we're too this, you know. So I think, I think a couple of things that that, that people uh, I think really want the, the other side of that is also this other side. So much of culture today, we see this us them, us them, us them, us them, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And and and, and the us them is always kind of this authority problem, right? I think bosses would like to to say in, in a chap, whole chapter of, uh, of people going. I'm not here. I know you think I'm here to be against you, but we're all here working for the organization that we're working for. It's not an us, them. It's an all us. Yeah. And there's not this, this idea in, in business. And I came from the corporate world, you know, gateway was a fortune 500 company, fortune 200 company. It was a $9 billion company. We had 15,000 employees. Mm. You, you, You know, I had people that worked for me all around the world. And you understood, everybody was kind of understood there. They were working for the same purpose. But it seems mm. like today we've lost a lot of that. We've lost this idea that we're working for the same purpose. I see so many people today that they're working. It, it's going back to this whole shift of the culture. Everything is so individualism. Uh-huh, I'm working uh-huh. for my purpose for your organization. Right. Rather than to say, I'm really working for the purpose. And, and as Christians, we're all working for the glory of God. So that's, that's I think, the, the big shift that all of the people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people in management, that's a big shift that, that we're trying to figure out how to deal with, especially now when you get down into the millennials and Gen Zs. And that's this whole idea, too, of remote work. You know, I was going to ask you about that. Do you think that's co- good? No, I don't think it's really that good. I think it's, mm. it, it's, I think it's caused a lot of problems in team dynamics. It's caused a lot of problems in, in people. Now, I don't think it's all bad. And, and the good thing about it is I find that more Christians have stronger worth ethics than non-Christians. Barely. But, 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 but even as Christians, yeah. we need a lot of work to go back to what it means to have a biblical work ethic. Yeah, um, man, I could just let you keep going on that. Okay, I want to look at some comments real quick. And then I want to talk a little bit more about some show. Bethany, is there anything you want to drop in there? You feel free to add. Oh, 
Okay. All right. I just want to, I don't want to hold you back because, you know, this generation now, they, I don't know about y'all. Like, oh man, this old generation, they don't let women speak. I don't want to hear nothing about that. <laughs> hear nothing about that. All right. Somebody said, what about thoughts on, oh, let me put that on the screen. Uh, thoughts on Christian programming that was too kitschy. Can it have a hard edge like Andrew Clavin critiques Christian movies as? Thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think critique's good. Um, we've always we thought at NRBTV we wanted to do a mystery science theater of of Christian movies and Christian films. Do you think? Do you think? Um, everybody. Oh man, I'm gonna get you more trouble. Okay. Um, I think a lot of Christians are concerned, and this makes me think about. Uh, thanks, Joel. Uh, or JGJ. Which, I thought it was Joel. You got to fix your name. Um, not just, um, I think about the fact that Christian content has paved a way for us that has made us think everything is safe. That's part of what's inside of this. So when you look at shows that are on, um, oh, um, Pure, Pure Flix. So I did some editing for Pure Fix, Pure Flix at one time, and their shows and their trailers felt like lifetime television. And there seems like this whole group of, of, of content is made for a certain type of Christian that honestly, we go and see great shows and movies like, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll go watch a John Wick. You know, unfortunately, there's not anything we do about the, the language we need to, but we'll go watch the, the Avengers. We'll go watch, you know, the next Marvel film. We'll go watch that stuff. And it's not like we don't have the money. And I know we have the talent, but then there's this category that says that's not Christian. And so we, you know, I think in a lot of ways, shows like or, uh, content creators like Pure Flix has hurt us because they play to what the industry thinks is Christian content. And so I wondered, do you think that, and, and the most thing when people think Christian content or they're coming out of it now, they've always thought about TBN. They've always thought, you know, there's not really a, a network yet that's like that one that's full orb like Fox, you know. That's how, and, and NRB is at least what I've appreciated about NRB is like if you guys didn't exist, we wouldn't have a platform that we have on there. But you guys have a very specific goal, and so there has to be like an NRB that is um, that is an alternative to uh, Pure Flix, you know, or alternative to um, Netflix, right? You see what I'm saying? And do you think we've hurt ourselves? I guess in some of this with with Pure Flix, like Christians. Maybe I'm wrong, man. If I'm wrong, do Christians really want that content? You know, there's a lot of Christians do, and a lot of Christians watch that content. I mean, look at what's going on with between Hallmark and Great American uh, Country Channel. You know, the uh, in these two channels, you know, Hallmark has kind of gone woke. They've in, introduced some of the LGBT stuff into their programming. They had and, way bigger problems and, before and, that, and, though. And they and they and they plummeted, though. You yeah, know, that's true. No, you're you right. Know, and so, but and. The, Audience of those are a lot of Christians. That's a lot of Christians that in were Hallmark that were watching those Hallmark kind of programs. That was a lot. Okay, of Okay, if you're inside this chat and you were watching Hallmark, you shame on you. Shame, shame on you. Ugh, but there's, but I think where you're going, there's, a, there's a place for that programming and and that kind of stuff. I think there's sure. a market for. It. I mean, there's a market for because these people are doing it and it's been. Sony working. bought it. And so, Sony Affirm bought it. Now they're 
where they're going with it may be in a, in a whole wrong direction, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see because sometimes when these mainstream studios have bought up Christian things, they don't understand the Christian audience. But I think it goes back to your whole thing about media. And you said for people in media to begin with, I think one of the things that we're lacking in Christian media in general is just innovation. You know, don't do the same thing over and over again. You know, what is a Christian, mm. what does a Christian, you, you know, crime drama look like, you mm. know, and not, and not this, like you said, kind of on the cheesy side, but what does a good crime drama look like? What's a good Christian action movie look like? What's a romantic comedy Christian look like? You know, don't be afraid to stretch out and do good programming, writing a good script. You know, the hard part about doing this, you got to, you got to characters people love. You got a script that engages people and then you've got to shoot it with really good quality. Okay. Those are the three kind of basics of producing any kind of video programming, television or film. Right. But, but Christians have kind of, like you said, we've kind of pigeonholed ourselves into the characters and the script, you know, go ahead and write good scripts, right? Good bring characters that people can relate to that are real to life. I'd love to see, Young people today, I think the thing that excites me about this industry and the media today is young people today, when you see what's going on on these social media platforms, on, the, on, on TikTok and all these, I know we're not supposed to say TikTok, but hey, TikTok and all these other things, right? You, there's some really cool, innovative stuff that Christians are doing. Um, and those people, more, more people need to jump in and try that out. Try something new. I just got to let everybody know, you guys are listening. If you're just now jumping in here, you guys are listening to Troy Miller, who is the president and CEO of NRB. Now, if I'm if I remember correctly, is NRB is reaches a potential of 40 million homes, right? Is it more than that now? So NRB TV, that's the TV side of it. Right. NRB TV is reaching, yeah, just about 45 million homes that, that were available to. And then um, and our two big platforms, Roku, you know, Roku yeah. has 70 million devices. Uh, that are active at any one time out there. And, and we're on, on Roku and that's been one of our, our biggest platform and that's an off traditional platform. So right. Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, those are off traditional platforms. So um, one of the things that we were talking about as we were leaving the conference that I'm not supposed to say anything about because I said I wouldn't because I'm being sanctified and I think I've been really, do you want to jump in here anywhere? I'm leaving room for you. Oh yeah, no, that's Okay. All right. If you want to jump in, sis, jump, fill it free. You're not going to mess up anything. You can't mess this up. This is down and dirty. Um, I was asking you, I was saying, hey, Troy, you, okay, I'm going to try not to talk about the conference. That's my goal. I said, Troy, how is it you work with all these people who disagree with each other, who have very stark disagreements and sharp edges? And yet somehow you figured out how to have, I, I believe if, I, I don't know when the last time it was, but I know that G3 has streamed some of their conference on NRB before we're on NRB. Um, Founders is there has, I don't know if Founders is there. Uh, I know Jeff Durbin, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Apologia. And so you've had all these different groups and that's just, I'm just naming the, the ones that are here even right now. Um, and you've been able to somehow manage a platform with voices that dissent from each other. How is how are you able to do that? Because and that's the ones I know about. I don't even know all the other things that you have to deal with, you know. Between my young earth and old earth programs. Oh, right. <laughs> you got young earth guys and old earth guys. And I know that you have a theological tradition. 
But somehow you've been able to bring people together with all these different distinctives and create great content on a, on a network. How, how are you doing that? Oh, well, first of all, by God's grace, Praise um, God. I mean, by God's grace, really, I mean, God's really blessed us and, and he, and he's blessed me. I, I have a really um, broad background in, in, in my Christian walk, you know, the way God brought me up from, from growing up as a Catholic through Catholicism, um, you, you know, getting my first real taste outside of that in a, in a deep Pentecostal world. And then working, like I said, for one of the leading Presbyterian, you know, reformed theologians in the, in the country. Are you Presbyterian? I, I, I'm Southern Baptist now. What would you mean now? You switched over? <laughs> Well, we moved and couldn't find any real good Presbyterian in our area. So That's true. Found, It'd be like that. We found a good Reformed Southern Baptist church. So. But she's baptized, so. Yeah, okay. Well, there's a term in the Miller household. We like to say we're Presbycostals. We're Presbyterian with roots. Grew up Pentecostal currently at SBC churches. Uh, you know what? The, the sad truth is, is that there's not a lot of places for reformed people or people who it, to, who really love their Bibles to go and find churches. When I was here in Atlanta, I actually um, was considering going to a reformed Baptist church because I couldn't find a good Presbyterian church. Anyway, I interrupted you to talk about no, something that was insignificant. No, but the, the important thing is in, in all of that, there are, there are, core issues that we have to agree on, right? There are core issues that are non-negotiable. They're just zip, zip, non-negotiable. And we focus on those at NRVT. We focus on those core issues that are not negotiable. And then, you know, we know that the body of Christ is diverse. I always tell people all the time, like my in-laws, um, and, and they won't listen to this, so I can talk about it a little bit, you know, you know, grew up Lutheran, right? And, and, and I have other in-laws that are, that are in the Pentecostal church still. And I know that they love Christ, they're serving Christ, but the way God's built them, that's where they belong. And we know Paul told that to the Corinthian church, that's right? He told good. it to the Corinthian church. The church is going to be different, and we can't always say, I don't need that part of the church, because that part of the church meets those people. Now we can't we we can't compromise on those core issues, but we have to give a lot more grace today than we've been giving um, on mm. the on the distinctives that different people have. We have to give a lot more grace, and we've been and again by God's grace, we've been able to do that on NRB TV with our programming and been able to have people work together that yeah. hold different views on different things, and it also helps expose the church to a, a, a wider view of looking at what the church talks about. Yeah, that's really good. Are you um? Kind of want to go back to. Did you want to add to that anything, Bethany? I just want to make sure. Okay. No. Okay. Presbycostal. Presbycostal. Okay. Um, <laughs> as you're, as you, what's next for NRB? As you guys are building NRB TV, because I know you're working on the Hill stuff. Maybe. Well, so two sides. So I do two things. So NRB Association, that's kind of the parent, and and that's that's the that's the group that's the membership organization. Then TV is a separate entity, and T, TV is is like like we started TV to be a Christian worldview PBS. It's all about oh. educational programming. That's our core. That's why we do so much stuff with a with apologetics and some of the stuff with you guys. We do a bunch of stuff with with colleges and universities on that end, and then we have excuse me, cooking programs and we have exercise yeah, yeah. programs and we have, you know, uh, financial aid stuff. And we have some great, pro we had a great program on a few years ago and I wish they'd bring it back. It was kind of like that. It was his dad who drove around. He put a camera in his truck. This is innovative. Puts a camera in his truck. He goes for an afternoon drive on Saturday 
and talks about his week and his and his family and about how to do a family Bible study. And hey, I had this conversation with my son this week. That's innovative. Yeah. And people loved it and love that kind of program. So the next thing, big thing for us is the landscape of media is changing right now. So so when NRB TV started in 2005, uh, 98 million households got video through traditional methods, cable, telco, satellite. Okay. That's how you got it. You had a, you had a video provider in your house and that's how you watch television and movies and everything else. Today, that number is below 40 million. It's been cut in half in 20 years and it's sinking fast. There's this thing called cord cutters. So all the folks are doing this, they're watching yeah. and getting and consuming on, you know, on demand on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon prime and that. So we're setting an RBTV up for that next, phase that that transition that's going on right now in tv distribution so that's our next big thing you know it's funny you say that because right now there's so many people who are afraid of ai and ai is going to be big but you guys have said uh 2005 right you guys have been around for a while you guys have lived through some transitions a lot of people are thinking um you know traditional form of content media is dead they think like uh, like television. You're looking at Fox, but you would say no, it's not. No, it's not dead. No. What's your argument for why it's not? Even though you got all these people who are engaging on social media. So, so, so it's funny. 45 million households still get their media. Half of America still gets their media through traditional methods, but it's really kind of a semantics in terms because you, you take Comcast now. Comcast used to do what they called this, you know, linear service. Now their linear service, it's just done through internet protocol. Uh -huh. It's the same. It's the same exact technology moved over, you know. And the whole whole AI thing is 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 also, you know, I've been in technology a long time. There's so much marketing spin on all this stuff, you know. Oh, okay. Algorithms have been around for a long time. Uh, we've been able to do things now. We have some technology advances today that are helping us do things a lot faster and better. The the graphical processing chips in computers, the way we figured out how to daisy chain those together and turn computers into in, in laptop super into quote sort of little supercomputers. Right. We can do things a lot better. But AI isn't any anything new. There's no there's no consciousness yet in the machine. Okay, so or ever will be, <laughs> or ever will be, not yeah. even close. Right, you, know, right. you know why? Because neuroscientists can't even tell you how a thought is created in the human mind. Yeah. They can tell you what happens, all the little things they hit, but they can't tell you how it's really created. So, so we do that. So, so I think you hit on a good point there. You know, we shouldn't fear technology. Okay. We've always, Christians have always, and if we look at this world and the world is about discovery, then we should look at technology as God showing us a way. How do we use this to better society? And how do we use this to further the gospel and to bring God glory? Yes. You know, you take it way back when, and let's, let's just call in the Bible, say Nimrod, right? He was a great hunter. Let's say he's the guy that invented the bow, right? So he invents the bow to go out and hunt. Somebody else grabs the bow and says, oh, I can use it to shoot my brother. <laughs> there's technology used for good and for evil yeah yeah you know, yeah the technology isn't good or evil but we always and everything we create because we know we live in if, if we understand really understand what the gospel is about as we said we don't want to talk about the comforts but as we said as people have said we understand that we come from the first thing that people have to understand is they're sinful and that's the problem with the culture today the culture thinks it's good and and technology can get better and you could get me to talk about ai and silicon valley because silicon valley really is one of the places that, that, that today that the new religion of what i call the new religion of technology this is the scary part of ai 
they think the technology can heal the human heart. Mm. Yeah, that's it's it's the gospel of tech technology. Well, right? because if we just use AI to feed people the right information, uh, give them the right chances to do stuff. Yeah, better give this man a thumbs up. He's preaching then, over here. Then, then, then technology is technology is the new savior. Then technology is going to save society. All we have to do is control all the messaging and give quote people a chance to be good, and they'll be good. That's not true, you know. Uh, but, but you know, here's what thing we act like though that it is because we're so afraid of it. And it's like this is what this is why we're not doing T three, which is uh, Tech Theonomy Tuesdays. But that has been my argument, which is when when the children of Israel walked into a land that was already built, God wasn't afraid of them building a great land for the children of Israel to take over. And so when we see technology comes around that looks like it might be used for evil. God has no problem. He always takes. And destroys the enemies with something small and insignificant. So we should be looking for how is this going to serve the Lord? We should be looking for how, you know, I mean, by just default of our thinking is like, man, this looks really scary. I wonder how God's going to use this to bless the world. Yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> I wonder how this could bring glory to God. Yes. I wonder how God, like you said, you use this. Bless. I wonder how God could use this to help me reach people that are hurting. Mm. You know, I mean, one of the cool things about technology, and you'll find this out, you find this out, I mean, you've had people written you before and said, hey, thanks for your show. Guess what? Yeah. I was yeah. Yeah. stuck in this. You know, I, I we have people all the time. We had, we had one that just wrote through some lady. She was watching the show. She was watching the show overnight. And she said, you know what? I was contemplating suicide. Mm. And the show that's overnight for us is this kind of um. It, it, it's a scripture, uh, it's this radiant TV, and they went out and they filmed all the national parks. They played great, beautiful music. They put scriptures up there. Yeah, <laughs> Bethany watches she all the time. She stays up late. And, and that's how you reach people, you know. So how do you take – it's so sad that the evil side of the world today is the most innovative side. You know, oh. if, if I can say it. And we're so fearful about and it. And we're so afraid yeah. of it. And the evil just embraces it. And Christians need to embrace it. We need to get off the dime and say, hey, how do we glorify God in what we do in Christian communications? Yeah. Um, were you going to yeah. say something? No, why can't why can't media be our mission place? Why can't it be our mission field? Why are mm. we going to, we yes, go to the nations, but also go to TikTok, go to Instagram. I'm going to tell you, okay, here's why I don't go to TikTok, Bethany, because I'm afraid what the Russians are going to, or the Russian Chinese are going to get my information. So now do that. What, should I still jump on TikTok? You're on TikTok. You're not afraid of that. The culture's on TikTok. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, that's real. Can we talk? Okay. So I, I was just talking to somebody today and they were, oh, so many questions to ask you. But I was talking to somebody today and they were like, you know what? I won't go on TikTok because I know that my information is going to be gotten by these other platforms before these other platforms and given to China. And I'm like, but they already got it. Like they already got it. Look, and look. you know, and so I just keep, but we forget Proverbs. They lay traps for you, but they fall in those traps that they lay. And if you got the opportunity to share the gospel, shouldn't you be anyway, go ahead. Well, look, I, I get the whole TikTok thing from a security standpoint. If you're an organization, a government entity, and all of those folks out there that really have something to keep, you, you know, a, as a secret. But look, don't think that TikTok's the only thing that's gathering your information. Amazon? We, we, we're in some privacy. For Amazon, Meta, they Alphabet, you. you know, you you name it out there. Uh, Siri. And, oh, for and, real. And uh, Google. You know, how many, How often? I mean, this just happened the other day. I was looking up something. How often? I'm having a conversation with my wife about bookshelves. Uh -huh. Guess what shows up in her feed? Yeah, bookshelves. bookshelves. 
You know, that's not TikTok. She doesn't have TikTok. I don't have TikTok. Neither of us have TikTok on her phone. So people have that. The thing is, I think Bethany made a good point today. There's some of this stuff, you know, we're not going to roll back the social media Thanks. use. Okay. We're not going to, we're, we're not going to roll back some places where society is. And I think we're seeing, hopefully, especially in media consumption amongst children, we have some great ministries that are doing some great work out there about, you know, bringing to light some of the problems of all the media consumption with children today. You know, I mean, how many times do you go to a restaurant and find, you know, parents sticking a iPad in front of their kids, you know, so that they, and then they're both sitting on their phones across right. from each other, but, but we won't, we won't go there in that deep and all that. But back to your work thing, but back to your work thing, if you want to get into Christian media and you're a young adult today and you want to reach people where they're at, then get into media where they're, they're at. Don't, if God told you better us, say look, that. Look, if, Come God, on now. if God told us the gates of hell won't stand against the church, then Come certainly on. the gates of TikTok shouldn't. Ooh! I'm going to take that and make that a stinger. <laughs> I would take that. And, well, we, yeah, we're more afraid of TikTok than hell, right? <laughs> you better preach, preacher. Oh, I really like that. Y'all better say amen out there. Um, you know, I, I want to ask you about this, and I know, I know you guys haven't eaten. I'm going to let you go, but it's starting, people are starting to come in now and engage. Um, but I have to ask you, when you saw Tucker leave a traditional platform and go over to X and start making his content there, um, and then I want, and so I want to talk about Tucker a little bit, and then I want you to leave us with a charge for work. I would love for that to happen. And Bethany, you feel, you can say, hey, man, you can jump in here. It's, uh, my guy, Franklin Buddy, he's a tech guy. He just said, y'all snapping right now. <laughs> hey, let me just say this. Thank you guys for coming inside of this chat and these spaces. Um, I'm so happy to have Troy and Bethany here uh, from NRB. And they are just on fire. And I'm grateful to have you guys here engaging. Look, this isn't going to work if you guys aren't here. Um, oh, they're quoting you and putting it on Twitter. All right, Ellie. Way to go. Um, you guys should be following. Okay, what's your Twitter handle? NRB CEO. Yeah. Okay. And then they just yeah. posted it. Okay. And uh, it's Bethany Miller. Okay. Two eyes, two L. All right. From, on NRB, go follow these guys on NRB and retweet what they got going on, and let's help some media grow. All right. So Tucker Carlson. Um, man, if this was okay, let's just say there wasn't going anything going on in the back. We know there's a whole lot of pop. You probably know the stories. Of, I'm anxious to see what you say. Good move, bad move from Fox. Um, Tucker would have never left by himself to go on X right. and blow up the way he did. The most listened to interview with him with Donald Trump that they put on at the same time the debate, the debate is happening. Come on. Um, what is what's your take on the whole Tucker thing? I just love just vomit it all out here. I don't even know what to, how to set it up. I just want to know your thoughts on. Well, I, I don't know about a take on the whole Tucker thing because Tucker didn't really have a choice in the matter, like you said. Right, you know, right, like right. He, when like he said, I'm getting off of Fox and I'm going to go innovate over here. He didn't have a if choice. Would, but, I mean, yeah. but, but give it, give Tucker, again, give Tucker the, the kudos where it goes to. He didn't just sit back and, and say, oh, I'm off Fox like some of the other folks have in the past and try to, okay, I'll, I'll just take my big lucrative payout contract and, and set back. And he could have done that. Tucker could have really just set back and he got the money. He's got the money. Well, and Fox was paying the money, you, you know, yeah, the, that's re right. that's the rest right. of his contract to just stay there, you know, and he, he didn't do that. He looked at, at the, the landscape. And he looked at X and, and again, this is that innovation again, Tucker didn't sit back. He innovated and he said, I'm going to go, I'm going to X. I'm going to put a show on there. 
Fox averages uh, a few million, you know, viewers a night, which is gets in the top rated news program. A few uh, million gets, yeah, gets really. That. It's, it's like t- three million, two, yeah, three million, two, three million, maybe up to five million in some of the, the their best nights, you know, and that puts him on the top of the news program. Okay. Okay. Tucker goes to X. I, what did his first his first show? I think was over right. was over two hundred million. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you know? yeah. I should and, go look at it. Yeah, and he's you know he's just you know blowing the views out of the water and, and stuff. And I think again that's that's a testimony to where the new platforms are and the ability to to reach folks. Can I ask you how does one make money off a social media platform? I know you because everybody has figured out how to make a transaction in some way. So when you're growing your platform, you can either try and I think about it this way. And you just tell me what you think. And I love to get your takes since you're on social media all the time, too. You either have to work for the platform or you make the platform work for you. This is my theory. What I mean by working for the platform is you have to figure out how to get as many eyeballs on your right. post so that the platform gives you something of a reasonable salary to have seven kids. <laughs> okay, that's just me. But you know what I mean? Seriously, you gotta if you're going to do it, you got to feed your family, which means that they might require more hours from you in a day than you want to give or even make you work six days because you better do so if you're going to hit that number, right? So either you make you work for the platform or you figure out how to get people to watch you so you have enough of a viewer base. I think somewhere between five to 7,000 people and you get sponsors or you have people who promote you and you do it on your own platform so you don't have to share the income. Is there another way to do this or how do you recommend people who are content creators actually make money from these platforms? Yeah, no, I, I don't really know another way to do it right now. I think that's it's, the, it's a tra- that, that's just the model. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the, and it's interesting it's you know interesting because I'm, I'm on the other side of that right that, that coin you look at today we talked about the, this whole shift to to the streaming platforms the traditional platforms one of the biggest problems with that is the streaming platforms aren't making any money you know, none of them none well, can of we them. talk Zip, about that for a not. second you know they're you know, disney it. disney selling disney and comcast on hulu they're trying to sell hulu you know, to get to get it off the books, Disney Plus is oh, big as it is. They're trying to sell Hulu. Yeah, they're now. To they sell just Hulu. bought Hulu. Hulu's on, no, they've owned it for about a decade or so. Oh, they okay. were one of the original background. People didn't realize that Disney, Comcast, about three other media companies all owned Hulu and launched it all together. They tried to sell it a few years back, so this isn't anything new. Uh, but you know, and then you, and then Disney Plus isn't making any money. You, you know, to do these big productions cost a lot of money. Netflix isn't making any money yet. You know, so nobody's figured out on the digital side, how do you make this thing make money? And it's a Rob Peter to pay Paul kind of thing, because as they move people off their traditional cable systems and trying to get subscribers, then all of us out there that are trying to add up, guess what? You're paying that $150 cable bill back anyway to get everything you wanted to get. So so true. So, 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 so the either advertiser supported model or the subscriber supported model. You, you know, is, is, is your kind of your two avenues that you really have. But again, think about it. It's, it's, it's consumerism. I mean, this really is a marketplace. You have to have a product people want to consume, you know? So I, I we encourage everybody to get in oh, and get good. in that, but you still have to be 
put the work in to have a product people want to consume. Um, mm. And that's what really is. That's, that's, that's the fair trade we have in, 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 in our system is that you're producing something I want and I'm willing to pay for it. Mm. So I'm either willing to watch ads to get through what you're consuming, or I'm willing to sign up myself and pay a subscription fee. So I don't have to give that. But if you're not producing something that somebody wants to consume, so you got to get hot <laughs> media doesn't media doesn't make any difference whether i'm doing that or making widgets you know so then in your side do you have to say hey there's there's content here that people want to consume so a lot of people are here so then you have to sell sponsorships in some way is that how it works on your yeah side? well and and look in the nonprofit side is the same way you know it's it's it, we, we call it a donation to the that you right. know pbs or whoever it's a donation it's the same as the subscriber it's saying look i like what you're doing i'm going to donate it to it so it keeps on going you know, it's funny. We have, um, I was doing, I was working with Kirk Cameron and Darren Doan um, when we were making mm -hmm. films for Kirk Cameron. And one of the things that we said was, well, every, we work for Sony Providence, should I say. And one of the things that was important is that you put butts in seats. So did you make a good enough movie to be able to put people in? And I thought about the transaction that takes place. You have to write and create something that's so good that people say, I'm going to reserve an hour and a half, two hours out of my day to consume this. Or the same way with the podcast. I'm going to have a conversation so good or I'm going to think about something so unique that I'm going to and make people say I'm, they're going to reserve their time to be able to listen to this. And if you're not doing that, then you're not you're not offering something of value. And you, again, you're not going to be able to do it right away off the top, but you need to learn and develop how to do that because that's putting in the work. And this is why guys who do shows who, that are usually really, really, really good um, – been a way more time than people know paul harvey people who don't know paul harvey do you know who paul harvey is you don't know who paul harvey i is? don't i failed as father. you have failed as a father we, <laughs> now i see why you went back to you're gonna bring me back to you're not gonna bring me back for father wow. you know what i really would love to do i would love for you to come back on t3 I, you're welcome here anytime i love your i didn't even i don't know why you didn't enter my mind of like oh we should talk to you about tech forgot about tech content on the hill you i love to have you on when i'm actually in my nicer studio and i can talk to you without all these other things but um you have to make something to make some to have somebody create the transaction say i'm going to reserve the time to come there to engage it and everybody is still counting on that and i was listening to people trying to cheat the system um and just uh you know i was listening to twitter spaces the other day or x spaces and people are just they call reply guys have you heard about this and they just go and reply because it gets attention and so the people pay the money after that and it's like um, that's that's not going to work long term because you can't get people engaged to give you um, their their attention for a long period of time. So here's how I want to end. I would love for you just to kind of give a charge over the whole topic on the topic of work, on the topic of creating good content and art. You know, I think there's a lot of people who are just afraid to do so, um, and then also too on just engaging somewhere. You know, um, don't worry about the platform, find a platform and give yourself to it and work for it um, and figure I'm, I'm would love to another time. We'll talk about how to create the transaction financially for, for people who are doing this. So anyway, just to close out with your, your all your your whole thoughts on work. Bethany, you do you want 
You want to jump in? Start and I'll okay. All right. All right. So go ahead. Go for it. What, what? So I'm working in general. I think I, I really would just encourage people to take a biblical approach to work. And I know that, I mean, think about the impact of what the Bible says, six days thou shall work, you know, what did, what was the first charge given to Adam? You know, work. yeah, that's right. Name all these animals. That's right. Adam, name them all. Let's go through mm. this. We're going to name them all. We're going to name. I don't know how long that took Adam to do. I'm sure it didn't happen in a few hours. And I'm sure it was a lot of work and it was tired. It was sweaty and it wasn't as fun as a, you might think it was. But work is a gift that God has given us. It's not, the world looks at mm. it as a burden. A you know, gift. And, and the work is a gift God's given to us. I mean, how many times does a proverb tell us, talk to us of, about uh, uh, about our wandering minds, you know, about about minds that don't that, that are not that, that left to this laziness? You know, that's when we go astray. Yeah. OK, so yeah. work is a gift. Take that biblical mindset that work is a gift and it's a privilege and it's a privilege for us as Christians because work for us. And it doesn't matter whether you're in Christian ministry, parachurch ministry. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant, a car mechanic, whatever it is. Work is an opportunity for us to show the gospel, to mm. show God uh, um, um Back to God to worship to Him to say thank you for providing me. And the Bible tells us to give thanks and everything. Yeah. Are we ever thankful for the provision God's given us to work in order to provide for our families, especially in this fallen and sinful world that God's given us a position? So take that position of work itself mm. and don't let the world define work for you. And and don't let the also don't let the world, you know, push back on this us them idea of work. You know, that's right. I have, I have never, and this just being on this, not an ego thing or anything, but I had, I, I, look, I started off out of the Navy. I came into my first job just as an entry level person. I have never looked at somebody and said, in any position I've ever held, it doesn't matter what it is, that's not my job. Mm. I, I'm a CEO of two organizations. And if somebody says, I need that box carried in, then if I'm carry available, up, I carry yeah. in the box. Yeah. Okay. If, so, if somebody says, says, you know, I'm, I'm in this part of the work, but that needs to be done, then, then you do that. God will bless that. God mm -hmm. blesses us when we work and do that. So that's, that's, that's work. That's my yeah, view yeah. of work itself is it work is a blessing. It's a gift. It's a joy going to life and look like that. It doesn't matter what you do. You, you, you will, you, you will be blessed in what you do mm. in, in the work. I need them blessings. <laughs> I need them blessings. I want them blessings. I want them blessings. So, second part of your question in, in, in the, in the media, as you said, yeah, get engaged. Okay. This is a, we live in the most wonderful time. I, I think, you know, Jesus was born in the perfect time, right? For him to be born into the world when he was born. God's put us into the perfect time to be global communicators. Mm. You, how, when, when in history can you get on social media and be talking to the world? Yeah. The whole world, you know? And, and, and that whole six degrees of separation thing. I mean, God's given us a chance to really get out there and do this. Now, some of you may be called to do this as a vocation and an occupation. Okay. The difference between those two things. Mm -hmm. Some of you may be called to do this as both. Some of you may be called and God helps you make a living of this. 
others of you, because this, like I talked about earlier, the price points to get into this, others of you, maybe you may be just called to do this as a ministry. Oh, that's a good point. Get out there and to talk to people. That's a good point. And, 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 and sometimes to get out in some of the chat rooms and talk to people who are hurting. Talk to people. Don't be afraid to share them. So they lock you out of the chat room. Yeah. Oh, you're hurting. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, what did yeah. Jesus say? They hated, they, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Get back into get, another chat room. There's another, another chat room. <laughs> yeah. Get out there and talk. Get out there and engage. We live in a time that we can engage. I think Bethany and I talk about this all the time. Her generation, to me, has more opportunity than any generation before That's it right. because they live in a time, the greatest time of communication uh, in this world. So don't squander it. Mm. We only have a short period of time. Who knows what God has for us when eternity comes uh, to do. But right now, he's called us to do this short period of time to glorify him and reach a lost and dying world. So don't squander it. That's really good. Bethany, I don't know how you're going to top that. You got to top that. I'm not going to try to top it, but I'm just going to bounce right off and just, again, say media is a mission field. And whether we're reaching one viewer or a million viewers, get out there, get started, get posting stuff. And like we were talking earlier, you'll get better as you go, as you practice it. You know, I have experience in doing um, social media for ministries and other organizations in my um, personal time. And we're just getting content out there. And we are learning as we go because the media landscape and social media landscape is ever changing. It's changing and it's frustrating because it is changing all the time, but it's exciting and it's, it's fun to see. And like, and like he was saying, whether we're just everyday Christians, um, get content out there that's innovative. Um, you might not necessarily have to get out there and start preaching scripture. If you just want to create something that's engaging, but wholesome, our world needs it. Mm. Yeah, I, again, I get so tired of the unwholesome things that people are sharing. <laughs> so, yeah, just creating something wholesome is great. Marcus I, Marcus Pittman is in here. You know Marcus Pittman. Uh, he said, ask him who is to blame for the feminization of Christian media. No, no, I'm not going to ask him that because I promise him we go eat, Marcus. You can ask him that since you know him. And that seems like a trap question, too. Like, I gotcha. That's a trick question. I don't trust you, Marcus. You after someone on that one. Um uh, man, thank you guys so much for coming on and um, chatting with me and helping me make it through this. Con- I, y'all talk so much. I didn't have to talk, which made you such a great show. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to say this. Um, every time that at the end of the day with my family, when we get done, do family worship. Um, well, let me start in the morning. When Before we leave and go to school, go to work, I say, God, fill our hands with work. Uh, fill our hands with work because you've already worked. You've already predestined for us to walk in these good works that you've made for us. So fill our hands with work to do and fill us with joy to accept and be grateful for this work. And that's how we start off the day. And at the end of the day, as we're doing family worship, we end. I say, Lord, we lift our hands like, here's the work that you gave us. They had come up to your thrones as a sweet smelling aroma through the, the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Take our work and do much with it. Right. And so. That's how we, I, I think that we need to look at work in that way. It's like God has given us, like, I love how you said this, this is a work is a blessing. Work is a blessing. So when you go to work, go bless your boss, go bless your coworkers, go bless the people do things that bless them while you're there. And don't think of it as a burden. You live in America. The fact that you have a job that pays you and you are getting whipped on your back. You know what I'm saying? Use this as a great opportunity to bless people. Um, and and let out. You always want to be fighting for the position at your job and the work that you do there for your, 
the people there where they say that's the best person in the office. Even your haters are like, I don't care what y'all say. I hate that guy, but he is the best worker here and he's the best helper here. And I don't care if we do a partnering thing together. I want to work with that guy. Be that guy. And if you work for a Christian boss, figure out how to bless them 5%, 10% more because they're brethren and you want what they're doing. I got a brother, David Reese, who is, uh, we've had him on, you know who David Reese is? David Reese is a godly man and I love him. And I love the fact that I want companies like his to exist a thousand fold over, right? Godly companies who are after liberty, right? <laughs> and and he figures out places to put his money so that the kingdom of God is advanced. When you work for somebody like that, give them your all, right? And when you're working for pagans, give them your all because you want them to come and see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So don't be afraid of work and then work six days. All right, y'all till tomorrow. Thank you very much, Troy and Bethany, for coming on. The Millers were here with me, made us a very, very good show. So grateful for you guys. Thank you.